You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Amen. A gift of love. Jesus is this gift of love. I I like seeing the videos because it kind of helps me see as if I was there and, and you forget it wasn't perfect. Uh, this morning we came in and one of our trees was flashing and, and very rapidly. I thought someone might get a seizure if we left it going. And, and it was bad news. It was like a strobe light up here on stage. And so uh, we had to turn that one off and then it wouldn't look right if this side I had three and this one. So, and so I come and it's like, oh, our trees aren't perfect. And then I see this and it's like, who cares about the perfect trees, right? Jesus didn't come to a perfect situation. He came because he was a gift of love. We're, we're doing Advent this, this four weeks, and this week is the, the week of love. And I can't imagine a better week for us to have our Christmas party than tonight, this week of love. This week, uh, on Thursday, we came, my wife and, and well, my, all my kids, but Sarah and Isaiah came to help me sort through those gifts and, and make sure we had the ones together. And she asked me how long it would be, and I said, oh, maybe 10, 15 minutes tops with your help. So we gave the other kids lunch, uh, just gave them a Lunchable and told them stay in the van because then they're strapped in, you know, it's easier, and, and partnered right out front. An hour later, they're still in the van and we're still sorting because we were amazed at your guys' generosity, at your love, at this outpouring of love to the Angel Tree kids. And so I'm excited tonight. I hope you guys are coming to the party. If you come, please bring lots of food. We have about 100 guests coming, and so we need you to bring maybe your, your serving that you would normally bring, and, and bring one other, and, and preferably just make it all dessert. That would be awesome. All right? That's maybe just for me. Other people oh, would like a vegetable. Um, but And so we'd love for you to come and be part of this party. Be part of this night of love. As we're doing this Advent week focused on love, where we're living out this, this idea of love tonight to the Angel Tree family and kids. And, and so when you come, try to sit with some new people. There's going to be a lot of guests that don't know anyone here. So sit by them and get to know them and, and share this love to them. Because that's the point of, of this whole season. Not just the point of this week in Advent, not just the point of this night. It's, this whole season was God loving the world. There's a verse that we all learn if you went to VBS as a kid and you had to get at least learn one verse so you could get a toy, and that was the, the easy one that everyone learned, right? For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's the most known, most popular verse, and it's so powerful. It sums up the holiday season. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. We're going to look at love and look at Mary and the love that she had for her baby boy. And it's strange when you think about it, right, that Jesus is, is God here on earth. And so she's looking down at her son with this love, with this caring, with this compassion for God in the form of, of mankind. And yet God has been looking down on her all along with caring, with love and compassion. All these things that Mary's experiencing, God has experienced first for her. It's almost like this weird cycle that, that she's now doing this for God, which God was doing it for her, that she looks at him and just sees this perfect little, little baby boy. She sees just love in this thing that is amazing. And that's what God sees when he sees Mary, when he sees you and I. She looks down and, and she just sees the opportunity to care for him, to protect him. To love him. The same things that God sees when he looks down on Mary and you and me. 
She looks at him with love. The same thing God does for us. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son. Imagine what Mary's gone through these past nine months, right? And it culminates in a manger scene, in this imperfect scene where a baby comes. And, but for nine months, she's been going through so much. She's gone, been going through emotions and fear and anxiety. She's been going through the rumors and, and that have spread because her and Joseph aren't married. The, the dirty looks and the threats that she's received. She's had a hard nine months. As I think about uh, just when Sarah and I found out we were pregnant with Abby, our oldest, it was so overwhelming. That nine months, there was excitement and there's fear. There's anxiety. There's happiness. There's joy. There's terrified, right? All these things that were bubbling up. And then that's just the emotional side. There's the physical side. There's these weird weird cravings and, and weight gain and then small bladder and staying up late. And that was just for me. Like, I can't describe what Sarah went through, but all those things is what I felt for that nine months. And so it was insane to kind of finally have it all come to fruition and all that just washed away. As I held my little girl, as Mary held Joseph, as Mary held Jesus, all that went away. And so we don't know much about what Mary felt. We don't know how what was going on there in the manger, but we have one glimpse of it in the book of Luke in chapter two. It says that uh, talking about the shepherds come and visit, as we saw that little boy, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary was like any new mom, just taking it in. Embracing, holding this little child and and hearing these amazing testimony of an angel that spoke to them in the field. And she just takes it in. She remembers it so she can tell her little boy one day, as he's growing, let me tell you about the day you were born. When he says, Mama, tell me about my birth. Oh, let me tell you, Jesus. Let me tell you about the first visitors. Let me tell you about what they said. So she pondered this all in her heart because of this great love she had for him. She just sat there and held him. God with us. Her great love for this little boy. Her great love for God. Mary was chosen because God knew that she would be a faithful servant. Mary, God knew her heart. God knew her desire. He, she was chosen because she had a love for God first. She had this great love for God. And, and so we see that displayed as the, the book of Luke chapter 2 continues. That we see this love and that she's even willing to lovingly fulfill the, the duties uh, of a Jewish man and woman after they've given birth to a child. They, they've been instructed that they need to head to the temple. And, and there's many ritual cleansings and, and ritual things that you had to do when you had a baby. But one of those was to go, you had to go to the temple in Jerusalem within 31 days to dedicate your firstborn boy. And so there's a story, or the story continues in Luke chapter 22, verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
This was a very special ceremony. This was a very special thing. They went to the temple, and they would dedicate the firstborn son. They would also, uh, Mary had to be purified, uh, uh, go through a ceremony, and so they pay the offering, the turtle doves, and there's different set prices, and the two turtle doves is the lowest price for those that are poor. And they pay that, and Mary is now cleansed, and she's now clean, and she can enter the temple, and they go and present this firstborn son. This presentation actually has a Hebrew name, it's called the Pidion Habin. The Pidion Habin, and, and it was this beautiful service that you had a firstborn son, and it was to reference back to the time in Exodus. If you remember your, your Bible stories, there was the people of Israel were slaves to Egypt, and, and Moses went, and he asked for his people to be set free, and Pharaoh says no, and, and they proceed to have these plagues one after another, and then finally the last plague gets there, and it's the plague of the death of the firstborn. And so the angel of death comes down at night, and it kills the firstborn of every, every family, of every Egyptian family, uh, of the flocks, of, uh, of the herds. The firstborn male is killed, but not of the Jews that put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. For those Jews, the, the angel passes over their home, and, and those babies are saved. Those babies are protected. Those babies are redeemed. And so this Pidion Hadbim is to reference back to that time. Because at Passover, they would celebrate Passover every year, and they would, put the, and they would eat lamb to remember when they were saved. Uh, and it was to remember that the death of the firstborn of all, of all of Egypt. But this was a symbol to redeem your firstborn boy. And so when you ha- gave birth to a child, when you gave birth to a boy... Within 31 days, you had to go to Jerusalem to be part of the ceremony. And what the ceremony looked like, you would find a, a priest, someone from the tribe of Levi, or you would find a, a descendant of Aaron. And they would be called a cajon. It would be kind of like a priest. And, and they would be around the temple grounds, and you would find one, a, a priest or a cajon, and you would, give the cer- you would ask them to perform the ceremony. And, and it was a special thing. They had these blessings, and, and then they would ask the father. The father would be holding the child, and they would ask the father, would you rather give your child to the Lord or to give five shekels? And so almost every time, of course, the, they would choose the five shekels and, and they would have their son. But the, the point of paying for the five shekels is not that a child is worth just that much, but it was significant to redeem the child, that the child is purchased, is, is paid for. And so then the, the priest would take the child and hold it and recite two blessings over the child. One of those blessings is, the first one they would recite is, Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us in life, sustained us, and brought us to this occasion. Amen. And so they would say this blessing over the child, and, and then they would eventually, uh, they would drink a special goblet of, of wine, and then they would have a celebration, and the family would invite others, would invite this priest or invite this cojon, and they would come, and they would celebrate and have a meal. It was a pretty simple service, it was a pretty simple ceremony, but very significant. And you, and you wonder why I'm sharing this, it's because it's, we see it in the, in the passage. Luke thought it was significant enough to include it in chapter 2. This very situation, this very story, that gives you a little details about the story I'm about to read from chapter 2, verse 25. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, in light, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Mary and Joseph, Mary's become ritually clean, and they come and enter the temple courts. And and of all the priests, of all the cajones that they could have found, they find this one, Simeon, this old man that has been inspired by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple that day. To go into the temple courts, he doesn't know why specifically, and he sees this young couple holding a baby. And maybe their eyes caught his, and, and maybe he walked to them, or maybe they walked to him. I mean, first, I don't know, but, but they ask him if he would bless their child. And the Holy Spirit reveals to him at that moment, this is what he's been waiting for. That he had a prophetic dream, that he would live until the Messiah came. He would be able to see with his eyes the Messiah. And he didn't know what that would look like, but he now knows that it's in the form of a little baby that he's now holding. What he's been waiting for has finally occurred. What Israel has been waiting for has finally happened and is now about to be blessed in the temple, in Jerusalem, in, a, in the Padom Hadim, in a ceremony redeeming the firstborn child. So he holds him and he says the blessings, and then he shares a little extra for Mary and Joseph. He tells him, this is what I've been waiting for. Thank you, God, that you, you allowed me to live. God, I'm ready to go now because I've seen what I've been waiting for. The Messiah. Of all the priests, of all the cajones in the area, it's not a coincidence that they come and they meet the one that had a messianic prophecy shared with him. And so this is the first presentation of Jesus to mankind in the ceremony of blessing the, the redeemed of the firstborn child. It was Mary's way to, to give, to love on God. By following these ceremonies, by following what was ritually supposed to do, this was her way to show God her love. She loved Jesus, she loved the Lord. And so today we look at this, and, and we don't have these ceremonies we have to do, we don't have these rituals that we have to accomplish to show God our love We simply have to love him. And what does that look like? You might be wondering, what's that look like this season? What does it look like this week as we look at Advent or or tonight or right now? We see what that looks like, loving God, in the book of 1 John, chapter 4. I want to read a couple of verses to you. Chapter 4, verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. 4.11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 19 says, We love because he first loved us. This is how the world will know 
that we are God's if we love. You know, the passage doesn't say that, the Bible doesn't tell that people will know that we're, we're holy, that we're God's because we're holy, or that it doesn't say that people will know we're God's because we go to church so many times, or because we, we don't watch certain shows, or we don't say certain words. It says that the world will know we're God's because of our love. And so this Christmas season, we come back to this idea, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's the whole message of Christmas. This is God's love. And now how do we share that love? How do we share that love that, that maybe at your work or at your school, how's that love look in your home? Maybe you share that love. Uh, we do this thing called Sent to Serve, right? If you're new to Discovery, let me tell you, every time there's five Sundays in a month, we have Sent to Serve, and there's five Sundays in December. And, and this past couple of years, there's been five Sundays, and instead of even just Sent to Serve, which we go on that Sunday morning and go out to various sites around town and, and, and share, share God's love. We, for December, we have many different ones throughout the month, so we just kind of call it the month Sent to Love. And our first one is this Friday night. We're doing a parent, foster parents night out to love on parents that are caring for foster kids. And, and if you'd like to help out with that, please sign up uh, on the website or come see us in the, in the lobby. If, uh, but we have all these sent to serve. So on Christmas Eve, we're going to pass out cookies to people that are working on Christmas Eve. No one wants to work on Christmas Eve, so we're going to try to give them some love. We have a group that's going to the, to the nursing home just to love on the residents there. The last Sunday of the month, we're going to be going to Hope House, Healing Hands, uh, Haven of Rest, to all these places sent to love, to live out this message. So those are opportunities that we have as a body, but what's that look like for you individually? How could you love this month? How could you love this week? Is there someone in your path that you know you're going to meet this week that, that needs some love? Maybe more specific, how could you love today in the next hour? Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. Maybe it's the person that's going to be at the restaurant you head to. Maybe it's just leaving here and sending a text message or a call and, and just encouraging someone that needs the love of God today. We're going to partake in communion and we're going to do it a little bit different than we do normally. Uh, the servers are going to come and bring communion out. And, and I want you to dip the bread in, in the juice and then just hold on to it. And, and they're going to start passing out and I'm going to stop talking. And Jesse will just play and just take a minute between you and God. Because this is the message of love as well. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and rose again. That's the point of this communion. That's the point of us being able to partake and, and remember every week that Jesus loved you, Jesus loved me, and was willing to take away our sins. So as the, the communion servers, if you guys would go ahead and, and pass this out, go ahead and grab the bread and then just hold on to it for a moment. And we're going to all partake together in just a couple minutes. never made this connection until this week when, when I was studying this about, about this ceremony, this Padon Habim. But it's neat that the first time 
Jesus was presented to mankind was in Jerusalem. They took him to Jerusalem and, and a sacrifice was made to redeem him. And then three decades later, he's presented to mankind again in Jerusalem, hanging on a cross. And he, this time, he was the sacrifice to redeem us. It's a beautiful connection between Christmas and the cross. So this morning, partake in communion together to remember that we've been redeemed because of his sacrifice. I'd mentioned that the cajon or the, the priest would share two blessings at, at this cer- ceremony. And I shared the first, but I held back on the second one because I wanted to do it together over each of you, o- over us, that this blessing, I think, is significant not only for the redeeming of the firstborn, but also our redemption through salvation. And so the second blessing goes like this. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the redemption of the firstborn son. We are sanctified because of him who was a sacrifice for us to redeem us. So this morning, let us partake together. Go ahead. Lord, I thank you for your your sacrifice. I thank you that you redeemed us Thank you that as we've given our life over to you, that we have eternity with you in heaven. God, I pray that this, this week of Advent, this idea of love would, would not just come and go out of our minds as we leave this place, but it would be something that you would continue to place in our minds, that the Holy Spirit would continue to remind us as we encounter people at our home, people at our work, at our school as we encounter strangers in the stores, at the restaurants. God, as we come before you, let us be reminded of your love. And let us share that love to others. In your name.